0: Previously on You Know Who.
1: What do you know about Marco Polo?
0: He is, you're right, he's a Venetian explorer. At the age of like 20 or whatever, Mm -hmm. he leaves Venice and travels with his father and his uncle to uh, the Mongolian Empire. Mm -hmm. And then he stays at the court of Kublai Khan for many, many years. The TARDIS has landed on a snowy mountainside. The group find that they are surrounded by a number of fur-clad Mongolian warriors. The warriors are halted by the arrival of another man. Western in appearance. Barbara has a theory of who he might be. She asks if the man is called Marco Polo.
1: What did you use to watch these episodes? Since they are gone, they are nowhere.
0: What basically used to happen is BBC only had a certain amount of film or storage space and they junk a lot of canisters of these episodes. This is our first one we're coming across all gone. Before they leave the next day, Marco takes back the TARDIS key from the Doctor, and the box is once again locked. Marco Polo in this is a really interesting character, because he's sort of semi-antagonistic in terms of he's the reason they can't leave, but he has a completely sense. he's also
1: th- really nice. Yeah.
0: Susan shares a tent with Ping Cho. The girl explains she is the daughter of a diplomat, travelling to Shangtu, where she is to be married to an elder statesman.
1: That's too much of an age gap. She is 16, and he is 75.
0: Standing in the cave of 500 eyes, Barbara looks around at the stone painted with elaborate monstrous faces. A hand emerges from the darkness, clamping over her mouth and pulling her into the shadows.
1: Hi, I'm Julia, a Doctor Who enthusiast. I've been wanting to get into classic Doctor Who, but there's a lot. Luckily, I have my friend Jonah.
0: Hello, that's me.
1: A legit Brit and Doctor Who uber-nerd.
0: That's not how you bitched it.
1: To guide me through the basics of understanding Classic Who. So Jonah, what are we watching this time?
0: This episode, Marco Polo.
1: notes i yeah thought, no, they were i'm very glad encouraging. that she liked it yeah, yeah made
0: me feel good about myself yeah well
1: i just i really liked that she told she wrote that you should do sleep audios yeah. so i was like i've told him to do that too yeah
0: yeah well hopefully people will be listening to this and falling asleep i think last time i mentioned i wasn't sure if no we were talking about no guy the kind of other khan and i thought mm-hmm. i am um, i couldn't remember if he was related to kublai khan he is i'm pretty certain he's also like oh
1: yeah
0: he's either a grandson or a great-grandson so they they both have mm-hmm. a legitimate claim to the mm-hmm. throne and that's why there's a war i just wanted to i just double check that and just wanted to clarify that yeah um, there was i think there was definitely some other things like having a break and i was like oh, i remember i said this and i wasn't sure if i was right or not and i checked stuff but now i can't remember what it was so if it comes up i'll say <laughs> I feel like there should be more of a spiel, but we've done all that. Should we I know, do- we've done it, we've let's done di- it already. Let's dive let's straight back jump in. in, let's carry on. That's why people are <laughs> here. Part 4. The Wall of Lies Susan screams and points at the wall, but the others see nothing. Susan swears that the eyes in the wall had just moved. Drawn by the noise, Tagana appears in the cave, claiming to have been sent to look for the group. Moments later, they are also joined by Ian and a furious Marco. Tagana begs them all to leave the cave, where it is haunted. But the doctor shows Ian Barbara's shawl, and Susan points to where she saw the painted eyes move only moments before in the wall. Believing Susan... Ian moves closer to the wall to inspect the face.
1: Thank goodness someone does.
0: Yeah, again, it's the, the Susan's like, those eyes move and the doctor's like, can right. was just The, the doctor's like, and the like Shut up,
1: child. Yeah. No, there's nothing that moved.
0: Although, like, definitely he's misogynistic and we should
1: and we are aware that yeah. he is.
0: But also, he, if he's been traveling with her for perhaps 200 years, you'd get tired of her screaming ev- uh, everything.
1: Oh, I'm already tired <laughs> yeah. of her screaming. So um,
0: let's pretend it's that rather than misogyny. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> let's pretend isn't.
1: that he's he's sick and tired yeah. and doesn't want to deal with Susan's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> C-
0: What now? God, what tonight, do you girl. want?
1: <laughs> what is it? If you... Every time she screams, he rethinks whether or not he should have had children.
0: (laughs) He calls Marco over. The eyes on this face move like a spy hole. There must be a concealed room behind the wall. Marco leans closely to the wall and manages on accident to activate the hidden switch. The wall opens just in time for the group to see Barbara bound and gagged, one of the bandits looming over her with a knife. Marco draws his sword and rushes in, slaying the bandit whilst Ian frees Barbara.
1: Which is very close. I think it had I been able to watch this, I would have legitimately been worried. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine the people that were watching this in real yeah. time. Like, how... That just seems very traumatizing.
0: I like. I think as well, like, we've had Dalek mutants and stuff, but like, Barbara being bound gagged and... like an
1: almost knife, an
0: almost have a throat like i th- this was like the most sort of like put hairs in the back of my neck sort of thing it's like yeah oh i think as well because it's not aliens and like it's sort of yeah real it's people real people with, yeah
1: i'm i'm assuming the other bandits left yes he, otherwise they would have
0: he formed, does come right? back later the other bandit yeah um which is a plot point so there's just the one bandit left who gets killed instantly with the shaking Barbara, they all make their way back down the mountain to Tong Huan. Marco is racked with guilt for allowing people in his care into danger. While the others rest, he and Tagana talk. Tagana feels Marco is falling under the power of the strangers, allowing them to run wild. He points to the effect that Susan is having on Ping Cho, leading her into danger yet again. He has also heard from their host that the Doctor has been seen entering their blue caravan, although Marco has the key. At this moment, Barbara and Ian enter the common area. Barbara is still a little shaken, but some of the steel has returned. When Marco asks what she was doing leaving the party, she replies that she followed Tigana to the cave. The warlord denies this. It's just as he said, they are trying to manipulate Marco against him.
1: Okay, I need to go off on a tangent here.
0: Go, go off. My voice is... Thank I, you. I Great. will have a rest. All right,
1: all right. One thing I absolutely hate are arguments, um, especially in older media, that are a my word, it's my word against your word sort of thing. It's very Shakespearean, um, but I absolutely hate it because always, I mean, I can't think of an instance where this is not the case, where if it is a man and a woman, the man is like, it's my word against your word. And there's like a middle party trying to decide and that that middle party is also a man he will always pick the man's word despite the fact that you know barbara is backed by a whole group of people and this one man is like no i didn't do that like the man the the middle marco just picks tagana like he just agrees with him i'm like what the hell it's it like use your brain sir and the fact that ping cho is there like you can't even base it on that like he doesn't believe Barbara because he doesn't know her as well. Ping Cho is also in Barbara's group. Like, I don't... Yeah. It just, it really bothers me. It bothers me so much.
0: I I agree. I I kind of get that. It's sort of, I think I agree more with the kind of the Ping Cho thing as well because obviously he has, he's been with Tagana for a lot longer. So it just sort of, it just kind of makes sense. He'd be like, "Uh, okay, fair enough. But then when Ping Cho is also like, yeah, this guy's fucking weird. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I know, it annoys me. It does feel, it feels clunky as well. It's it's like, like
1: he's actively choosing not to d- believe anything bad about Tagana.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And also not think about literally any of the things that Tagana has done up until this point.
0: Yeah, I think as well, I think it's a character thing. I always wonder when, I, when there's these kind of scenes, it's like, how much is it you don't believe the other person or is it you just don't want hassle? It's like, which of these two options is less hassle for me? Ugh. <sighs> that this guy is potentially out to do harm.
1: But in that case, if he's going to do harm, take care of it. Like yeah. you're, you're racked with guilt about these people, like coming to harm. Take care of it. There's literally yeah. one person that is the reason that this is happening.
0: This serial and the next serial have a kind of trope, which I do like is that they, it's all set in one place, but each episode feels like a little mini adventure, which I do like. But what mm-hmm. is a little bit a little bit repetitive about this serial is it's every time it's like Tagana's up to no good and then they have to foil and it's sort of it's like the classic circus thing where Marco yeah. is the ringmaster and Tagana is like I don't know if, who's the villain in that scenario, but there's. <laughs> um, is, is, it's okay who would it be it'd be it be like the i don't it know. wouldn't be the white face or it doesn't matter but it's like it's like it's like a kind of classic like dan Dastardly sort of thing it's like every episode Tagana's up to no good or, right and yeah it does get a little bit repetitive because you're right it is a thing of if it, if marco was just like oh yeah you're obviously evil you got an evil haircut and you do suspicious <laughs> things go away it would just be like oh cool Okay, and they just have a nice holiday for the rest mm-hmm. of which is sort of actually you do part of this serial does it does feel like they're just having between the the danger and the voices screaming of like from hell and stuff and the, the potential murder in caves that they're sort of having a nice holiday.
1: Yeah, it's all right.
0: Yeah.
1: Other other than like having a brief moment where they didn't have any water.
0: Yeah, maybe I just want to go to east asia and i'm sort of wanderlusting for this
1: you could eat pray love across
0: i could east asia. i could go and expect a f- foreign culture to provide for me a westerner in terms of
1: oh no all right let's get back <laughs> my rant is done
0: yeah. <laughs> that night marco tells susan and Ping Cho they can no longer share a room the next morning The divided party sets off again. They travel through Su Chao and Kan Chau, along the start of the Great Wall of Cathay. They follow the wall for a few days before turning off towards their destination. The closer they get to the Khan's palace, the more Ping Cho seems depressed. Their journey is nearly at an end, and she is now separated from her friend. One night, Susan manages to find her in the main tent alone. Ping Cho asks if the doctor's repairs on the TARDIS are almost complete. Will they be leaving soon? Susan says that they are almost ready to depart, and they are likely to steal away before their arrival in Shangtu. Ping Cho makes Susan promise to say goodbye before they leave. And Susan promises.
1: Yeah, they're friends. It is so upsetting that Marco split them up. Like, literally the only two 16-year-olds in thousands of miles.
0: Don't you think... I mean, I feel like if this episode was written a little bit later shouldn't they just shouldn't she go with them if they leave? Like shouldn't Yeah, I
1: think so. I think some... I think Ping Cho should absolutely travel with them.
0: Because I mean obviously at this point the doctor can't steer the TARDIS, so he wouldn't be able to take her home. Mm-hmm. But if her options are being married to an old man or, or, traveling, or traveling with traveling with your
1: best friend, yeah,
0: like I yeah, I kind of feel that's like
1: that's not even a choice.
0: I also feel like she she is kind of resourceful and like she'd work well with the gang. She'd you kick know? ass. Yeah. She would be
1: so great. So
0: I kind of, I, that's kind of what kept going to me is like, just take take her with you. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen, which is a bit sad. Arriving the next day at the station of Sinju, Ping Cho is unpacking when she overhears Tagana looking for his bags and being told to look in the passageway. I have a f- fun fact about the the various way stations. Oh yeah. And let me just find the quote in one of these books. So I have, I have here. This is the, the Doctor Who oh handbook. The first Doctor. I found. I forgot that I had these. I have all of them except the third and fourth Doctor, I think. And they're they're just little books. I also have the this the TV companion but they've just got lots of tidbits which would have been worth having for the last um in terms of like they've got like all the um um viewing figures and things which Mm um i'm never actually interested but 9.9 million people watch this okay i don't care um that's a lot it's gonna take me a second to find it okay the way stations which are supposed to be a day's journey apart were organized by kublai khan and paid for out of taxes as they were state buildings, I assumed, whether rightly or wrongly, that they would all have a similar layout, which meant I could use the same basic set for each time and simply change a certain amount of details, such as the doors, shutters and windows, and the veranda railing. The idea to make each one look more opulent than the last one as they gradually approached Peking. But so ba- bas- basically, the 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 quote is from the set designer is that, because I did when I was watching this and every time they arrive at a new location, then they put the tires in the courtyard. It feels very similar because it's the same mm-hmm. set. Every yeah. one of these way stations is, is the same set, but redecorated. I love that. Which, yeah, it makes total sense for budget reasons. But also, I really like the idea of it. It just gets more and more opulent the closer they get to the capital. Yeah. But also, these way stations along the Silk Road are totally a real thing. It's, uh, so they're set up, each one being like a day or so's travel from the last one, so that people travelling amongst these can like stay in these like apartment hotels sort of things. Because mm-hmm. people regularly do these journeys. But yeah, I just thought that was a fun, interesting fact. Yeah. The Passageway. An idea jumps into her mind. She rushes to Susan, explaining. Togana claimed to have never been to the Cave of 500 Eyes before. But he knew before looking that they had found Barbara's shawl in a passageway. They take this to Marco. Proof that Togana was lying. But Marco isn't convinced.
1: I really appreciate that Ping Cho didn't shy away from Marco though. with this idea. Because, hmm. like, when she came came up to him he was he had kind of an aggressive tone and he's yeah. like not this again or just whatever um and she it, like held her ground she was like no this is what's happening like yeah. this is this is what i think is happening and she's very rational about it and um it's just a shame that Marco does not believe her
0: yeah i think again she's she's a really great character who has who genuinely feels like more than just a prop which mm-hmm. again it, we I, I mean i did I, you know i think it is important to to bash the story for using you know using yellow face and stuff but at the time in the 60s as well to go out of your way to cast an asian actress in a part and also it being a good part rather than mm-hmm. just you know a, a, a stereotype or whatever um So I I think, again, it's it's a, I think, you know, this, I think that they should get some points for that. I think it's a context thing, definitely, but I think it's a, yeah. And I think, I I just, I feel like missed opportunity companion. Let's carry on. In a nearby tea room, Tagana once again meets with his bandit partner, the one who was not in the cave when the others arrived. They are running out of time to act, Tagana is to place a flaming torch as a signal to the bandits to attack, then they will carry on alone to shang He wants Marco to die like an old woman in her bed. And as for the strange magician, a stake through the heart should do the job. As he has been doing every night for the past few weeks, the Doctor waits until dark and creeps out to continue work inside the TARDIS. Little does he know, Tagana is watching from the shadows as he disappears inside. When the Doctor exits, he finds Tagana and Marco waiting for him. Marco is furious for what he sees as a betrayal. He demands that the Doctor hand over the copy of the key, and when the Doctor refuses, wrestles it from him.
1: Okay, there's a little bit in between, like, Mm. that and the next section that you start, again, um, where the trio of the crew is plotting together. Yeah. And I just thought it was very funny, because, like... It I I don't know they don't it's usually like two of them will talk to each other and one will either be standing there or like not even there and it's always a different combination but the three of them plotting together just I don't something about it and then Ian and Barbara yeah yeah and then Ian's like okay I have an idea I'll take care of it and he goes and like talks to Marco in the hallway and (laughs) to be fair. The way that Ian's shirt is, like, it's just, it's this lovely blue shirt that's, the flap is open, yeah. and he, he finds Marco in the hallway and is like, Marco, I have something to talk to you about. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, he's going to tell him that he loves him. Yeah. And is just They're like, okay, you seduce
0: like, Marco and we'll sneak out the back.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because Marco's then like, well, w- what is it? And Ian's like, I think you know what it is. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God, he's going to say that he loves him. (laughs) I was just dying. And then when he's like, we've been friends this whole time. And I'm just like, oh, my, oh, my Lord. We've been friends a
0: long time, Marco.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Oh, it was great.
0: The next leg of the journey is much more sour. The TARDIS crew is kept separate from the rest of the party under watch and at night kept together in one large tent. The Doctor's frustration grows. The TARDIS is now fixed. They could leave at any time. They just have to get inside. When the caravan stops in a bamboo forest for the night, they start to plot how they might steal one of the keys from Polo. Evading the watch on the tent, Ian cuts his way out of the back and sneaks over to Marco's tent.
1: It's a piece of plate that Ian threw on the ground. Like, he broke a plate. He did that, and I was like, Ian... Yeah. What are you doing? Like that is not your plate to break. <laughs> yeah. Again,
0: this would be a priceless artifact in eight hundred years' time, and you just
1: right.
0: Yeah, and he cuts his way out the tent. Yeah. The guard outside is sitting very still. As Ian approaches him, the man slumps and falls over. Ian rushes to catch him, only to discover the guard is dead. The guard is. dead
1: dead i wonder who did it
0: then that's episode four i like the bamboo forest as again like a new location that we're mm-hmm. in a different location again They're poor budget no wonder the last you know you can see what <laughs> quickly googling the great wall of china is that one one section of because it's so, uh, you know i think it's it's a very ancient Wall, but it's been like rebuilt and replaced so many mm-hmm. times a lot of it is not as old mm-hmm. as the the wall that has as long as the wall has been around but there is um in the Shandong pa- province there is a, a area of hard-packed soil on rammed earth estimated to be 2500 years old like a tiny bit of this wall eh so I think it's obviously you know we we t- I think we, we've we had this conversation about like when we talk about Game of Thrones about like the wall in Game of Thrones being sort of loosely based mm-hmm. on like Hadrian's wall but in terms of like scope the Great Wall of China is like
1: mm-hmm.
0: is you know again and also to you know it was built to keep uh, Mongolian forces out of you know the region or so you know I just, I just, I just, I really want to A, have this episode back with us, but also have the extended, like, you know, they did with some of the Star Treks where they added, like, the, they recreated the just the external CGI shots of the ship. Like, just recreate, like, them walking past the Great Wall of China or them walking past the cave. Just the kind of the, oh, I mean, considering they've, they recreated the desert, and stuff on this tiny sound stage it's incredible mm-hmm. but but like the journey which you get as well we're like a little bit in the book as well of all these amazing places that they're passing part five the rider from shangtu night in the bamboo forest the sound of rustling and chirping insects to men crouch unseen waiting for their signal Ian moves quietly to Marco's tent and wakes the sleeping man, informing him of the guard's death. The explorer jumps to his feet and rushes outside. Tagana is by the fire in the process of lighting a torch, but is startled when Marco arrives, dropping it. Marco has him rouse the sleeping men and gather weapons. Reluctantly, the treacherous warlord does so. Swords are handed out amongst the men. The doctor, brought from the tent with the others suggests that they use his caravan to escape but tigana spout said this is just another trick by the magician
1: mm. okay tigana is so annoying yeah he's, he's literally like i've hit my limit with him already i i don't like
0: him i don't know if it's just something about the kind of climate politically at the moment but just the kind of, the, there's, I don't know, there's a sort of a cheeky energy to a villain who keeps sort of getting away with things that I'm just done with, to be honest. Like this kind of,
1: mm-hmm. just
0: see through his bullshit, please. At this Well, point, that Marco.
1: and like, he's consistently undermining them. Yeah. Like, he's getting away with it and being a giant dick yeah. at the same time. And, and it, it only just gets like,
0: worse in the later episodes. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Ian takes a sword, but looking around at the bamboo, he has another idea. If they throw it on the fire, the bamboo will expand, exploding and spooking the bandits. Having grown impatient in their hiding place, Tagana's bandits decide they will attack by moonlight. Creeping into the clearing amongst the tents, they are ambushed by a party laying in wait. The Doctor and Ian fight with swords alongside Marco, Tagana finds himself face to face with the bandit leader, attacking him quickly and slaying the man before he would have a chance to give him away. The bamboo that has been bundled onto the fire chooses this time to explode. The bandits are startled and look around in fear. Their leader is dead and they turn and run from the encampment back into the forest.
1: Okay, so this is what Google says. Okay. It says, yes, bamboo can explode. As the bamboo pole grows, it forms small pockets of air inside of it. When exposed to fire or heat, the air inside these pockets starts to expand, which will cause the bamboo to explode.
0: So it's a pressure thing. Ah. Yes. Well, see, we're learning heaps with this story.
1: This, honestly, this, I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, wow, we've really like looked up a lot of things for this one, just because it's, it's cool, and it's really interesting that this is the one that we can't actually watch.
0: I know, but I imagine, because obviously you know, when people are seeing it live, it's interesting, you know, we joked about it was meant to be an educational show and that didn't really come to pass, but actually, like you can see... It is it's, quite it's, educational. Yeah, this this <laughs> story is very educated. and I think probably the hist- a lot of the historicals are... At Sunrise the group buries the dead before setting off once again on their journey. Thankful for their warning, Marco relaxes his guard on the travellers and allows Susan and Ping Cho to spend time together again. While they are burying the bandit leader, Barbara recognises the man as one of her captors in the Cave of 500 Eyes. The group, now certain Tigana is behind the repeated attacks, begin to plan how they might expose him. The morning they stop on the great plains, a new traveler arrives, a rider named Ling Tao, a messenger from the court of Kublai Khan. He has traveled over three hundred miles in the last day, wearing bells so that his approach to each way station can be heard from a distance, and a new horse readied for him as soon as he arrives. Ah,
1: damn! That is a lot of miles. He has traveled so far um what do you think his leg muscles feel like
0: <laughs> i imagine concrete yeah
1: like h- how many muscles does it take to ride a ho- like what muscles do you even use to ride a horse i don't even know if i I've think it's a lot of a
0: core stuff actually because you're yeah, sort of the way so you probably sitting. got yeah. like
1: abs of steel yeah
0: but uh, again i think this is probably um a real thing of like the kind of rider's because the, the whole system with the way stations, as we mentioned yeah, before, yeah. is like they're kind of stationed for people to regularly, to mm-hmm. ease regular travel. Um, so I imagine this is probably a thing that did happen. Like they, they designed oh, for messengers to be able to zip up and down the Silk Road.
1: Yeah, but imagine like how fit they are.
0: Yeah, well, something else that he says is his... Um, the doctor says, I oh, wouldn't, wouldn't like, riding that fast without stop shake you to bits. And he's like, yeah, that's why I'm bound. Like, my entire body is, like, bound in cloth so that I don't fall apart <laughs> right. from the strain of it. It's like, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, we can assume, I think, everything about this guy's entrance and it, it is like, like, hot guy Impressive. energy. Like, you know.
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So keep your eyes on Ling Tao.
1: I will. Yeah. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> Ping Cho goes to find Marco and tell him of the messenger. As she enters Marco's tent, she sees him hiding the TARDIS key in his journal. He makes Ping Cho promise not to tell the others, which she does.
1: Okay, so he makes Ping Cho promise yes. uh, not to tell the others, and she promises that she won't. Yes. And I saw the loophole here i was yeah. like she yes this this is one I although hope it happens. is
0: going to come back to bite her ling tao brings greetings from the khan he wishes to see marco as soon as possible at the summer palace in shangtu the party's next stop is in the white city of Ting, where they are to join with another caravan heading to shangtu their apartments in the city overlook a hanging garden and susan and ping cho spend an afternoon exploring the gardens and looking into the ponds of koi fish. Ping Cho grows sad when Susan mentions her upcoming marriage. The two talk about their homes and how they miss them. Susan says her home is as far away as the night star, and that without the TARDIS they have no hope of returning there. Ping Cho admits she knows where Marco is keeping the keys, and though she promised not to tell the party where they were, she won't break her promise to Marco, but she could retrieve them herself. Walking through the streets, Tagana finds a thief with an eye patch and a monkey. He offers gold to the man. He won't accept the Khan's paper money in exchange for help with a new plan.
1: It's a, such a tiny monkey. It's so cute.
0: So apparently, about some of them, I can't I can't I don't have them in front of me, but there were some quotes from the cast saying apparently the monkey was terrible to work with <gasps> in terms no! of yeah. Oh. Well, this this story is is notable for it's the first live animals ever using Doctor Who, but it's the horses I think in the earlier scenes, mm. pulling the carts are the first ever animals. But yeah, the monk the, there's a live monkey. Um, it's I think it's Capuchin.
1: Yeah, it it's, looks like yeah. a Capuchin. Yeah, and it just sits on his shoulder, and yeah. it's so little. And I was like, oh my god, you are the cutest little thing I have ever seen.
0: So this this guy is replaceable henchman number three, probably. His, his name is, <laughs> is uh, Kuju, um, which the only reason I include the name is because he's sort of, he's a lot more iconic, the image of him, because he has an eye patch and a monkey. So he's the one, mm-hmm. he's like a memorable character, even though he's the like, if you just look at him on the script, he's like the third disposable henchman of Tagana that appears um, because the other ones are all dead. Um, right? He's sort, of, <laughs> he's sort of like a thief for hire rather than like he's not in not in yeah, he, service.
1: he's just like the con yeah. man that works for the highest bidder.
0: Yeah, but it just goes to show you how much character design goes into you know making a character more interesting. Like mm-hmm. B- Boba Fett is the best example of this. Boba Fett and then Captain Phasma, you know, in Star Wars, just everything about those characters was just the look is interesting and it makes you want to know more, even though yep. you know not not much not much on the page. With night closing in and the key from Ping Cho, the TARDIS crew once again make a bid for freedom. Playing drunk, Ian distracts the guard, and he, Barbara, and the Doctor make it into the TARDIS. The Doctor is beginning to set the controls when they realise Susan isn't with them. She had slipped away to fulfil her promise to Ping Cho and say goodbye, only to find Tagana waiting instead.
1: Doesn't he ever sleep?
0: I I don't Why think so. Why is he
1: always around?
0: Evil never sleeps.
1: Oh my god. He is the worst.
0: Yeah. Her and Ping Cho make this promise in the in the previous mm-hmm. episode, like, oh, even if she st- even if they steal away in the middle of the night, she's gonna say goodbye. Which is very yeah. sweet. And which I mean do, of yeah. course
1: she is. Yeah. They're yeah. friends.
0: But Tagan is onto them. And yeah, he was de- he was watching them in the courtyard as well.
1: Um, oh, was he? Yes, I think so. Okay, so he well, knew something was up when Ian was like acting drunk.
0: Yeah, I think it was this one. To be honest, this same beat plays out quite a few times of they all kind of sneak into the TARDIS at night, and I can't remember. I think it's this one that I was watching them. It doesn't help that it's always the same set as well.
1: That's true, <laughs> and it's the same photos and the it's one... the same
0: photographs.
1: Well, no, this one is slightly different because the TARDIS is being held in a stable. Right?
0: Yes. Although again, possibly the loose canon had to use because it, it's the photos are sort of reconstructed. So sometimes mm-hmm. they'll cut mm-hmm. out photos from other bits and put them together.
1: You know, to I noticed of, that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which fair enough. I
1: mean it's great though. Yeah. It's better than just having a static image.
0: Yeah. You get you forget that it's sort of that that's what they're doing, I think, to be honest. Right, so yeah, so that was it that was the end of part five.
1: Yeah, um, Susan is is taken hostage. Yeah. by Tagana.
0: They're yeah, they're so close. They're all in the they're all in the TARDIS, <sighs> ready to go. And, and then
1: this guy who never sleeps.
0: Oh, I just remembered. I was trying to remember a fact, and um, I've just remembered it. In that apparently, some of the bits of the TARDIS in the courtyard, rather than again because they had to, for space wise. For the sets, rather than bringing in the full TARDIS prop every time. Apparently they used a cut like out of the TARDIS for some of these bits. But that's I don't think amazing. there's any photographs of it. Um, <laughs> but apparently that was what they did. So that's fun. That is fun. Yeah. Part six, Mighty Kublai Khan. Holding Susan as a hostage, Tagana forces the travellers to exit the TARDIS. He is ready to kill them, but is stopped by the arrival of Marco. Once again, the Venetian takes the key from the old magician, asking where he obtained it. Quick to protect Ping Cho, Ian announces that it was he who stole it, but is unable to say where he found it. At dawn, they ride out from Cheng Ting on the final leg of their journey. After riding all day, they stop at an inn for the night. Barbara pushes Ian to talk to Marco to make him see sense, and again Ian pleads with him for the return of the TARDIS. Marco is steadfast. For him, the TARDIS represents a chance to leave the Khan's service and go home. He can't understand why the travellers can't return to their home with him via Venice. Ian tries a new tactic, telling Marco the truth. They are from another time. Marco thinks on this for a moment. He has seen many things on his travels, things he believed were just stories until he saw them with his own eyes. Could this be possible? He has seen a stone that burns, fish that flies, so a caravan that could defy the passage of the sun? Again, he asks Ian where he found the key, and when the teacher can't answer, he surmises that Ping Cho must have given it to the party. So Ian lied. He lied then, and he must be lying now.
1: Which is faulty logic. Yeah. Like he's been believing them this whole time and now you're going to decide that he's lying
0: well in in marco polo's defense i think they've been they've been sort of shady and about where they come from and why they're just suddenly on a mountain and they've got a magical caravan and you know
1: yeah but like who's gonna believe that yeah
0: no because this is the response yeah i i agree from from both sides that like it's but i, I just it's think a from lose, his perspective lose
1: situation yeah from his it's perspective hard.
0: they are they've been sus and they're trying to keep from from his perspective he's like i've just uh, i've stolen this artifact of them but i'm going to help them out i'm going to take him home but they're still trying right. to steal it back right it's, yeah
1: it's just unfortunate that marco doesn't believe them but i don't know that i would believe them yeah. either. so
0: again i feel for him cuz he's just a great guy trying his best i think
1: i mean i just kind of wish that marco would be like, okay, well then prove it.
0: Yeah. I think, that's what it. I, w- yeah. Th- I
1: think that's what I would do. Yeah. I would be like, okay, you're from the future. Let's prove this. Yeah. Like, show me something.
0: Yeah. This would be a great point to take out like a wristwatch or something. Which yeah. they definitely have because they had it in the Edge of Destruction. They all had watches. Um, but
1: they've left them in the TARDIS.
0: Obviously, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they all rise for the final leg of their journey the next morning, one of their number is missing. Ping Cho is gone. Susan believes she might be trying to get home. The Khan is waiting. They don't have time to double back. But Ian offers to ride, to ride back and look for Ping Cho alone and bring her.
1: Oh, he wants to prove to Marco that he's honorable. Yeah. I mean, they had that fight last yeah. night. Not really a fight. Just like, and so he wants to be like, well, you can't. You can believe yeah. me. You can trust me.
0: One hundred percent. Well, as well. I um, love you. Sagan is like, oh, wait, I could go. And then Khan's like, no, no. The, uh, Marco's like, yeah, the, the Khan is expecting to see you because you're here to mm-hmm. talk about peace. And he's like, ah, rats. Yeah.
1: Ah, boiled ah. again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when Ian arrives in the town, he finds the distraught Ping Cho. She had tried to buy passage back to Samarkand Khan, with who she believed to be a caravan driver, but had been scammed. The man who took her money had an eye patch and a monkey. Asking around, that same man had been seen earlier that day, leading a cart away from the city, a cart containing a blue box. The TARDIS has been stolen without their knowledge. Beyond the Great Wall, the end of their journey is in sight before Marco learns that the blue caravan is missing. He sends Tugana back to look for it and check on Ian's progress. The rest of them press on, finally arriving at the city of Shangtu and the gates of the Summer Palace. I think that this, for me, is, is a little bit yadi yadied of how it's sort of, so he's paid by Tugana and he has like fake documents to give the people running the caravan mm-hmm. to take the TARDIS from the stables. But the TARDIS, is, a, is we've seen it like it's quite noticeable on the back of a car so these guys yeah. so they don't notice it's not with I don't know why they don't notice it's not with them is the, is the main thing for me but
1: well no i think i think it was a thing where because they needed to push on so quickly because Ling Tao came in and said that he wants to see you immediately i think what it was is that um Marco left a lot of things there, uh, including the TARDIS. And they were just going to come at the normal rate. So right. then the rest of them could push on faster. I think I
0: missed that then. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So they're, yeah. Yeah, so they're sort of speeding ahead with mm-hmm. this of a caravan. That makes yes. sense. Okay. They are led through the palace grounds, all marvelling at the wondrous beauty. All save the Doctor, who after five days of riding is in considerable pain and letting everybody know about it. They arrive at the ornate throne room, and are instructed to kowtow, kneel with their hands and heads bowed against the ground, something the stiff and aching doctor can't achieve. With the sound of a gong, the mighty Kublai Khan, warlord of warlords, enters, a tiny man hobbling with a walking stick. The Khan mutters and groans as he walks, and is shocked to find those groans and moans echoed from one in the court, An old man refusing to kowtow. He calls out that this man is mocking him, but the Doctor states that he too is suffering from old age. The Khan asks where the warlord Tagana is. He has heard news that Nogai's forces are amassing and wishes Tagana to explain. Marco says that he and the Lady Pingcho are following behind. The Khan links arms with the Doctor, offering to show him the healing waters he himself uses. What a trial old age is, the Khan says. It must be born with dignity, the doctor replies. and The two men hobble from the room, moaning and groaning in unison.
1: I really love that he makes a friend with yeah. Kublai Khan, like warlord of warlords. The doctor is now BFFs
0: because
1: yeah. they're both old and whiny it's- and in pain.
0: It's like a, a kind of two Ronnies sort of sketch of the two of them. Like, oh, oh, are you mocking mm-hmm. you copying me? No, I'm not copying you. That sort of. <laughs> Back with Ian and Ping Cho, they have found the thief waiting outside the town. They ask him who sent him to steal the TARDIS when Tagana emerges from the nearby trees. Swinging his sword, he beckons Ian to fight him.
1: Oh, no. <laughs>
0: So that's where that episode ends. The episode ends with Tigana. It says it says in the directions on the loose cannon thing, swinging his sword at the air. He comes mm-hmm. in. Yeah.
1: Oh, Tigana.
0: Oh, Tigana, Tigana, Tigana.
1: Right. Maybe he is so evil because he doesn't sleep.
0: Possibly. Like,
1: maybe it's a chicken and the egg situation. Yeah.
0: Maybe he just needs to... Take like, a nap. Yeah. It's, it's like the, the Snickers advert. You're not you, and you're tied to Ghana. Right. He's he's Mr T for a bit of it, uh, or Mr Bean in that one. I don't know if you got that one in America. I don't
1: think we got that one. I, I don't, don't know because
0: it's it's weird what exports. Because Mr Bean is sort of international. He's
1: over here. Yeah.
0: Well, it's because he doesn't talk. So he's 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 like yes. really he's one of the biggest British exports. I think in in non English you know countries because he because you can get the humor without him without him saying anything.
1: True, but I mean Rowan Atkinson is also just in things. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, yeah. That
1: that we've seen. Yeah, he's really funny. What is he's in Love Actually? Yes, well, that's as that's that Richard one Curtis. clerk. Yeah, that like just keeps putting this stuff.
0: Well, he's in. in the he's bag. the vicar in Four Weddings and a Funeral, so he's in a lot of Richard Curtis mm-hmm. films because Richard Curtis was involved in Blackadder.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's okay. where that's
0: the connection there. Yeah. Yes. Anyway.
1: And Blackadder is a British TV show it for is. those that, that don't know. The sound of
0: hoofbeats were so plain. They do. Um. Have you ever seen, this is a Doctor Who connection. Have you ever seen The Curse of Fatal Death? Okay, I will send you a link to The Curse of Fatal Death. <laughs> it's it's between the Doctor Who being off air and Doctor Who, I think it's like 2001, 2003 or something. Mm-hmm. Um. It's written by Stephen Moffat. And so it's, it's basically a sketch for Red Nose Day with uh Rowan Atkinson as the Doctor. That's fun. But it sort of feels like Black Anna does Doctor Who. Um oh, I'll send it to oh, you because it is that. it is great. Yeah. Um, and also some other there are some lines from it that Stephen Moffat then uses in actual Doctor Who, like take care of the universe, I've put a lot of work into it is from oh. Curse of Final Death.
1: Oh my god. You should put that link on the document too.
0: Okay. I'll do that. But yeah. for now. Part seven assassin at Peking. Tagana swings his sword menacingly. Will the mighty warlord kill a child as well? Ian asks. She is in my way, as are you, Tagana replies. He has the TARDIS, and Nogai's sorcerers will reveal its secrets. With it, they will rule the world. Tagana lunges forward to attack, but at that moment, the messenger Ling Tao appears, flanked by soldiers. He disarms Tagana, and the thief, trying to flee, is killed. Both parties accuse the other of having stolen from the Khan. Tao recognizes them all from Marco Polo's caravan, but is unsure of who to trust. He decides to take them all to the Khan and let him decide. Having arrived at Peking, the Doctor and Kublai Khan sit together playing backgammon. I
1: have never played backgammon. Have you played it?
0: No, but I think we might have we have the board that Is they're it playing on. Hard? Somewhere. I don't. I, I I don't know. I don't. Right. I've, I've never played it. I just recognize the board.
1: I didn't. I this. Yeah. I don't know what this says about me. But like, I thought they were playing Chinese checkers.
0: They say backgammon.
1: But I mean, they are in China, so it it's not like, like yeah. a stretch. But then they said Backgammon, and also yeah. I don't really know either of those games.
0: No, I don't know what the origin of Batgammon is either. It might be like a, I, I don't know, I don't know. I what I find I found quite confusing about this sequence is that they move from Shangtu to Peking, mm-hmm. which, I assume which I think is, is
1: what confused me. That's yeah. why I thought the palace was in in Peking. Yes,
0: which which is well, I think historically, so Shangtu was the capital for quite a while, but then. Uh-huh. They split it between Shangtu and Peking, which is modern-day Beijing. Beijing. The Beijing, the Mm -hmm. Communist Party renamed it, I think. Um, And and so, uh, Shangtu just became the Summer Palace, like the Summer Residence. Um, Mm. But it does it does feel like a bit unnecessary that they've 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 gone they've They've, travelled again. Let's move
1: one more time. We have one more episode, guys. Let's just let's go wherever.
0: Yeah. Because I think I definitely thought it was just all in the palace, which I feel like would make more sense. Anyway, but they're in Peking, which is important (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) Uh. The doctor wins the game. His winnings so far include 35 elephants, 4,000 white stallions and 25 tigers. Not too bad, says the Khan. The empress forbids him from gambling, but the Khan enjoys it too much. What should they wager for their next game? With a twinkle. The doctor explains that Marco Polo has gifted the Khan with his caravan and that he would very much enjoy the chance to win it back. The Khan scoffs. He can't give away a gift. Instead, how about the island of Sumatra? The doctor is insistent, but at that moment Marco arrives with news of Tugana's return. The Khan sheepishly informs Marco that their new friend now owns half of Asia. (laughs) Yes. So the, the Doctor has worn off Kublai Khan, half of it, half of his kingdom, basically. Yeah. But it's kind of the the way that... Khan- Kublai
1: Khan doesn't seem mad about it. Well, no,
0: but like, again, for him, it's just like, he, you know, he has... He, well, he even says, about, again, about the island of Smartra, he's never visited it. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Marco returns to a veranda where Susan and Barbara, now both dressed in fine silk outfits, look over the beautiful grounds of the palace. Marco tells them that the Doctor and Kublai Khan are gambling for the TARDIS. Barbara is delighted. If he wins, they will all get what they want. Marco has made his gesture and they will have their ship. All save Ping Cho, Susan adds. Just then, the messenger Ling Tao arrives. He greets Marco and informs him that he has had Ian and Ping Cho arrested for stealing the Khan's property. The door to the Khan's chamber opens and the Doctor appears and informs them he has lost their latest game
1: no more TARDIS
0: and also he bet all of his previous winnings as well so he oh, doesn't, no longer he lost everything yeah
1: what hubris
0: yeah although he seems again he sort of maniacally chuckles about it like he did in the other right episode,
1: he's fine with it, it. Like, he I uh... mean it's his friend he's yeah. friends with Kublai Khan now
0: and though Barbara and Susan are a lot more I think they seem to be a bit more angry
1: <laughs> probably <laughs>
0: Marco is taken to meet with Ping Cho and Ian. They both tell him what happened, how they heard Sagana admit that he serves Nogai. Marco turns to Ling Tao, who is unable to back up their claim. Ian is to be tried, but Ping Cho's husband-to-be has asked that she be spared. They are to be married the next morning.
1: Uh. Yeah. It's another case of, you know, our word against Tagana's. And Tagana isn't even there in that moment, yeah. which is even more frustrating.
0: It's Ling Tao, who's this guy, and just some guy, you know? Uh, it's just it's, this guy, it's... you know? <laughs> That's a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. Zephod's just this guy, you know? <laughs> Sorry.
1: Why? Don't be uh, sorry about
0: that. It's for, it's for the, it's the small area of the listenership who've listened to the Hitchhiker's Go to the Galaxy radio series. The TARDIS is brought into the court, where Kublai Khan and his courtiers admire the Blue Caravan. Tagana is also brought, where the Khan thanks him for its safe retrieval. Dagana asks if the Khan was informed about the many attempts to steal the TARDIS on the journey. When he answers he was not, the warlord says this is because Marco and the strangers are of the same kind and are loyal to one
1: another. Okay, literally in my notes, I wrote shut the fuck Tigana. Like, I hit the end of my rope with him. I he, I was so mad, he is so annoying, he is the most annoying of all of the serials. Moving forward, I'm going to base any character I'm annoyed with on Tigana. Like, I'm yeah. going to pit them against each other and be like, is it worse or is it not yeah. as bad? Because he's just so awful.
0: And it's him being thanked for <laughs> rescuing the TARDIS as well. It's it's
1: Right. Like, just just take it. You don't have to add anything. Um, yeah. You just say you're welcome instead of saying, oh, did you know that they were trying to take it so many other times?
0: These two men in yellow face being like, well, us Mongols, we've got to stick together. The, all these Westerners, they're obviously plotting. It's like, mm. ah, okay, okay come on yeah uh, yeah it, it made me giggle but not in a way also... that i'm particularly proud of Isn't like oh this is a bit ridiculous isn't it mm. yeah marco arrives and the khan questions him the traveler admits he neglected to tell of the doctor's attempts to steal back the tardis only because he felt unjust for claiming it for the khan and that he did so only in the hope of buying his own freedom the Khan states say he won the TARDIS from the doctor fair and square, and so owes Marco nothing. Marco leaves, dejected. Uh, there is one Marco. of the one of the stills is him, just stood outside the office, and it and it just says like in the in the um captions it just says like Marco slumps. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh this poor man <laughs> did not catch a break. He has traveled yeah. with these four for months. I can just there's so many hijinks.
0: I'm just thinking of him riding, (laughs) swaying on his horse, and just in the background, the doctor is just yelling at him, insults the whole way. (laughs) Right, and
1: suddenly it's all gone. Like, the one light at the end of the tunnel was he might get freedom out of it, and now it's just, he has none of that.
0: The next morning, Ping Cho is brought before the court to hear terrible, tragic news. Her elderly husband-to-be has passed away before ever meeting her. The night before, he had drunk a potion of youthfulness made of quicksilver and sulfur and expired on the spot. Ping Cho tries, but Khan seemed to weep for a love she'd never known. The Khan asks if she wishes to return home to Samarkand. With a glance at Ling Tao, she says she might stay a while before leaving.
1: So, I, not gonna lie, when I heard that he died, I was like, did she murder him? <laughs> <laughs> like, did Ping Cho slip something into his tea? And I did not blame her one yeah. bit. Like, I was I was like, she's going to get away with it. It's going to be a Black Widow situation. It's fine. But, like, knowing that he drank it himself, like, youthfulness isn't, I mean, it's kind of sweet. He yeah. doesn't want to be 75 for his 16-year-old bride to be, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that sweet or is that creepy?
0: I think it's still creepy um although so I, I mentioned before that ping show is based on a real account of mm-hmm. a real princess mm-hmm. and i think that this this actually did happen there's like the the idea of her elderly husband she was supposed to marry died mm-hmm. the day she arrived at court i think is is based on truth as well or or a, a truthful account yeah um by marco polo yeah
1: so he expired on the spot.
0: He expired on the spot. Yeah, he
1: drank sulfur and died.
0: My Korean sulfur and died. <laughs> well, there's a thing about. I'm
1: sorry for laughing at that. It's just no, like, it is funny. Well, who in their right mind?
0: Well, people. But be- no,
1: he's 75.
0: Well, people believed you know the idea of quicksilver being a yeah. sort of because of the nature of it. That
1: right. There's a, supposedly
0: I, yeah. in um, the first emperor's temple there were. There's like a entire sculpture. There's like a carving of the entire Chinese world as it was then. And there were rivers of flowing mercury in there, supposedly. Mm, Um, Though we can't, they can't actually, I think. So it
1: was very poisonous.
0: Oh yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons I think they can't excavate. They can't actually excavate it at the moment is because it's probably toxic, but also because of the booby traps. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's really worth looking this temple, it, it, like, you know, whether it's where the terracotta warriors are. Um,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Beyond. And this is like, again, this is about, about, I think, probably over maybe about a thousand years older than this period we're in now. This is the first emperor of China, his okay. temple, his tomb, rather. And it sounds like possibly the greatest wonder of the world, but they just they can't go in because it's too dangerous and it might destroy everything in there. Um, Hopefully at some point they will. We yeah, maybe. We will be maybe. able to send a drone or something.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Once more under guard, the TARDIS crew try to reason out what Tagana's plan might be. Suspecting, he hopes to assassinate the Khan before Nogai's forces attack, leaving the army without a figurehead. Tricking the guard and then tripping him with the help of the Doctor's new walking stick, they burst from the room and rush to warn the Khan. So he gets, um, in this story... William Hartnell gets gifted from the Khan, not William, the Doctor. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a walking stick with like with a kind of a a twist in it and like a carved monkey hanging off it. And he Uh yeah. And he uses that for the rest of his sort of tenure as a doctor. So this is. Oh,
1: does he? Yeah.
0: So the Doctor's iconic walking stick is from this appears in this story. Bumping into Marco, who is fetching the Tardis Key for the Khan, and also Ling Tao, who has heard news of Nagai's forces on the move, there is no time left. The group bursts into the throne room, where Togana has already slain the Khan's guards and stands over him, sword drawn. Marco steps in front of the others, drawing his own sword and calling out the warlord's name. The two cross blades, striking back and forth across the chamber, their skill seems equally matched, but finally, Marco is able to disarm Tagana. By this time, more guards have arrived, hearing the commotion. Seeing defeat, Tagana throws himself onto one of the guards' spears, rather than be taken captive. The warlord dies on the throne room floor. As the body is dragged away, Marco slips the TARDIS key to the Doctor, and pushes him towards the blue cabinet. Go quickly, he says, and the four rush into the TARDIS. Ping Cho arrives with a stream of courtiers and guards entering the room, just in time to watch as the Doctor's magical blue caravan fades away into the air. The court goes still. Marco apologises to the Khan, saying it was only right that he returned the caravan. The Khan shrugs, saying that the Doctor would have won it back eventually. Another story for Marco to tell his friends in Venice. Marco sighs. They won't believe half the things he'd seen in Cathay.
1: Do you think this is a reference to his crazy book?
0: The fact that no one believed him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. there's a re- So the ending of this is really nice. It kind of fades to a sort of starry image mm-hmm. as the TARDIS goes away. And he's like, I wonder yeah. where they are now in space and time. Um, there was a um, a version of the ending, I think, I don't know if, um, where um, the do- where, where like the doctor steals part of Marco's journal where he's written all the accounts of this, mm-hmm. and and the re. So the reason it's not in his actual accounts is because he nicked those pages supposedly, but that's not in the actual episode. Part of the story is is actually really different in the novelisation. Um, oh yeah, the assassination happens through like a secret chamber off the palace courtroom, and it's like like a blowpipe is meant to be a, like someone's trying to blow mm, one of these assass- mm-hmm, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. it's not just Tagana, it's other assassins as well where in the episode it's just a sword fight um yeah. but also another thing that's in the mobilization which i really liked um is because there are two tardis keys because the doctor's made a second one mm-hmm. um the the khan wins one from the doctor and he keeps it so they all escape because they have the other one and and the end the book ends saying that um, there's the key still in, like today, on display in a museum. This random artifact called the key to eternity, and I just, I just, really, I just, it's, just it's a really nice ending. So we've made it to the end of Marco yes. Polo.
1: Yes, yes, it was a labor of love. Yeah. I feel like.
0: I mean, it's the same length as the Daleks, but again, I think either because it's taken us a lot longer to kind of get organised watching it. And also the kind of the nature of the voyage and the fact mm-hmm. that I, I've gone over a few times. I think it, it definitely felt a lot longer, this one.
1: Oh, it did. And I think for me, part of it was that it wasn't actually something that I could watch. But I did end up liking it. I liked all of the research that went on behind the scenes about it. I think maybe more than than the actual episodes until we hit like the last. Episode and I was like, "Oh, this is really good. I like this yeah. a lot." And just the thought that Ian and Marco are secretly in love with each other, yeah, it it really fueled my fire.
0: <laughs> I think this is possibly the best written and executed story of ones so far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, implying from again, all, all of this comes with a grain of salt. Is that we, you, it's we still
1: problematic?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It it still has a lot of yellow face in yes.
0: it and yeah.
1: questionable decisions
0: yeah i think it's it's one of the things that it's really it's tricky because you've got to balance the kind of context of the time Mm -hmm. um which doesn't excuse it but but sort of yeah
1: i think if you recognize parts of it are problematic um you can still enjoy a piece of media yeah i've seen it somewhere where it's like people who say you know fight club or um Catcher in the Rye are their favorite books because they really connect with the main characters did not actually understand what the books are
0: about yeah and
1: you need to run far away from those people yeah um if they like it because they understand what the books are actually trying to say and they understand that they're problematic um and still like appreciated as a piece of art I think that makes a big difference
0: I think what I appreciate about this story is the scope, I think, when I put myself in the brain of someone watching this in the 1960s, imagining, mm-hmm. feeling like you've gone on this epic journey across seven yeah. weeks with these characters, and also all the things that I've learned about like yeah, um, medieval like- Chinese culture it's
1: very cool yeah
0: it's made me do a lot of research also into Marco Polo which I knew next to nothing about so now I I feel enriched by having experienced the story so it it
1: it makes me want to go to China and I have never I've never had that impulse before um but like seeing the photos that you put of the caves I was like oh that would be so cool yeah I would love to go see those
0: well, maybe maybe that could be a Patreon stretch goal is send Jodo oh, and yeah. Julia to, to China to see the cave of <laughs> right. 10,000 Buddhas.
1: Send us to different Doctor Who locations. Yes. Yeah. We'll do it in the name of research.
0: Um, okay. Last bits of housekeeping before we, we close the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to give Ian his scout badge for this episode.
1: Yes. Um, okay. So initially I was thinking detective work or observation. Mm-hmm. Um, I put exploring his such sexuality as like a joke badge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think there is something to say about um, his being willing to be the distraction.
0: Yeah. Multiple yes.
1: times. So like what kind of badge the art would of that distraction.
0: be? Yeah, what what would be the scout equivalent? Um, it's sort of, well, maybe team player, something like that would probably be the closest
1: me Ma- yeah unless we're,
0: unless we're giving him unless we're giving him custom badges in which case we can give him like
1: we i want to give him a custom yeah. badge so we can
0: so we can give him like a badge for sleuthing or a, pad, a badge for being decoy mm-hmm. decoy badge
1: oh yeah Here yeah you get the decoy duck decoy duck um and i think susan gets an honorary badge for making friends
0: um, it didn't come up naturally in conversation, but my big finish recommendation um, for this story, it's um, from the Doctor Who Unbound range, okay. which is um, a series of um, alternate reality Doctor Who stories mm-hmm. um, featuring different actors playing the Doctor, including uh, most prominently David Warner plays the Doctor in a, in a bunch of these and then gets a sort of own spin-off. I mean, he sadly passed away quite in the last year. But he's absolutely phenomenal. He's one of my favourite doctors and he doesn't you know, he's an alternate reality. But he's not in this episode. The episode I'm I'm uh, recommending is um called A Storm of Angels, um, which it does feature Caroline Ford. Um Aww. and it's it's sort of a similar it's a, it's a it's a sequel to um a uh, another big finish um unbound story. Um mm-hmm. but they're very they're very cheap. They're two like three three pounds, these ones. Um, but this story is basically the doctor and susan end up with ha- meeting hannibal on his voyage. Um, oh my god. Yeah, so that so it's sort of to me it sort of was sim- it's sort of similar vibe to this yeah. one. So that's why I'm recommending it. But I would um if you're going to listen to this one it's worth listening to the other one that, uh, that this doctor appears in. Let me just uh Geoffrey Belden plays the doctor in this. But yeah, that's my big finish recommendation this time. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> what now? Um I don't know, I think D- we just um Is this it? Yeah, I think we let the music slowly come and wash in over this and Right, as we're I'll, talking. Yeah, and I'll probably just dim us talking as we It's a good idea. Yeah.
1: Really? Yeah. I never know how to end. Next time on You Know Who. And this guy's like God voice comes down through the island and he's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't want to do this. But yeah,
0: I feel really bad about this, guys. I'm really sorry. I'm kind of forcing you, but in a nice way.
1: Right. I feel bad, but you still have to do it. So
0: (laughs) thanks for listening to You Know Who. you want to see more from me and julia follow us on instagram and tiktok at you know who podcast if you want to support the podcast tell your friends and family give us a rating if your podcast app does that and if you want to hear your name at the end of each episode become a supporter at patreon.com backslash you know who podcast as always special thanks to our producer kathy blasher we'll be taking a short holiday break for the next few weeks as it's a busy time but don't worry we'll be back before you've missed us talking all things the keys of mariners see you soon bye-bye